Welcome to Season 2 of Casual Sets, a weekly podcast on the game of tennis from the experts themselves. I'm your host, James Presley. This week, Casual Sets went on the road to Florida for the 2019 Delray Beach Open, the first outdoor hardcore event in the States of the year on the ATP Tour. I must say, even though I was only there for the opening weekend, I was thoroughly impressed by the atmosphere, the tournament's great volunteers and staff, and not to mention some great tennis. To get a little more insight on the background of this year's event, I spoke to the tournament's executive director, John Butler. This week, I also had a chance to speak with ATP Tour rising star Darian King Barbados right after his final qualifying match. But first off, here's my chat with John. So first off, John, thank you for, for your time and welcome to Casual Sets. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. Uh, not a problem, not a problem. So um, what exactly is your role at the Delray Beach Open and how long have you been working for the tournament? I was the first uh, Ashley staffer here back in 1991. The tournament started by uh, Mark Barron, who was the father to my uh, really good friends growing up. We all played tennis together growing up, went to the same high school. And I was going to college at the time, and he started the tournament. And uh, he's like, look, I need some help with this. So uh, that's how I got involved. It was one of those who-you-know kind of things. Oh, nice, nice. And what exactly, as the executive director, do you do for the tournament? Oh, uh, you know what? What's in the title, right? Um, <clears throat> it's everything. If you want to talk about what officially handles the at this department underneath me, it's anything related to PR and media, anything related to operations, logistics, uh, site administration, um, dealing with city and county on on uh, on everything that they do with the event, how they're associated. So you get a, we have a, a few hats here. Okay, um, now, it's my understanding that the Delray Beach Open is the world's only ATP Champions Tour event. Uh-huh. A combination of ATP World Tour event. So, what can spectators expect to see this week upon visiting the grounds? Uh, it's a it's a really great combination, <clears throat> and we are yeah we're the only one in the world that features the uh, the official ATP Champions Tour played on the same courts as the uh, you know the current stars of the game in the same week. So, what happens is the first three days is the uh, the ATP Champions Tour, the legends, the guys who are either former number one in the world or won a slam or in the finals of a slam. And uh, they play off against each other in a team format. It just creates a it's, a, it's a great opening weekend. It's almost like it's a, a soft opening for a venue. Um, and uh, it's just a little bit more casual for the fans. It's not as intensive as an experience as it looks as, as Lola and Joy once the, uh, you know, the true ATP 250 matches start up on Monday. That's good. Yeah, definitely. I've been here this weekend. I've enjoyed seeing what I've seen so far. I've been enjoying the venue very much. Uh, oh, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, not a problem. Uh, so this is also the ATP World Tour's first outdoor hardcore tournament in the U.S. Uh, each season. Uh, so what is some of the history behind the event? It's funny. When we actually moved to the city of Delray Beach in 1999, the first tournament was actually a clay court tournament. We uh, we were in May. We were played during uh, the clay court season. And then after that, uh, we uh, our date changed and we became a winter-spring event uh, usually played around February and March, and so we actually had to rip out the uh, clay court stadium and build additional hard courts and um, and uh, carry on as a hard court event since uh, 2000. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, now, uh, the 2018 singles champion Francis Yaffo is returning to defend his maiden ATP World Tour title this year, and uh, so far he's off to impress the start to the 2019 season after a quarterfinal run at the Australian Open a few weeks ago. What are some of the other players in this year's draw that will try to stop him from a repeat? It's um, let me tell you, it's every single week on the uh, ATP. And it's not ATP World Tour anymore. It's ATP. Okay. Uh, it's ATP uh, Tour, and then it's ATP 250 events, 500, and all that. So, yeah, that's actually an entire uh, new branding 
uh, change that the ATP experienced this year. That's why you'll see the changes on the nets on the courts and the uh, signage in the background. It's all brand new, brand new logos that the ATP has done. So, but um, back to Francis. I mean, yeah, I mean, my goodness, it was so impressive to watch what he did last year, coming out of nowhere, and then he just continued. You know, playing solid ball all year, including uh, you know Davis Cup, and like you said, also with the Australian. But every week on the tour is just an absolute grind. I mean, for him to be able to come through again would be an impressive feat. I mean, you've got obviously guys that people would expect, like Del Potro, who is going to be tough, and if the, you know the Curios can stay healthy, I mean, he can do anything on any day. But you've got guys that just always go deep here. You know, you've got um, you know forty-year-old Ivo Kovalevich who is always in our quarters and semis. Nobody wants to face that guy. Yeah, oh. 20, 30 aces on you every match. So, um, yeah, it's it's a stacked field. So, um, you know, kudos to him if he can do a double, you know, back-to-back. That'd be impressive. Uh, you also mentioned uh, probably one of the biggest names in this year's draw, Juan Martin Del Potro. Uh, it looks like Del Po is making his fifth appearance here in Del Rey and for his third consecutive year. Would you say he's become a fan favorite over the years? And what has been the atmosphere of some of his matches? Uh, absolutely. You know, he loves coming here for some reason. There's just a, there's just been a, been a really nice connection between Dalpo and the fan base and the city. It's just such a relaxed area. And so I think it just makes it especially comfortable for uh, players that are you know, of a stature like himself. And plus also, you know, he's been battling a little bit of an injury. So coming back on these courses is uh, something that um, is comfortable for him. But yeah, the atmosphere that, that, uh, that envelops the stadium when he plays is very unique. Uh, a lot of chanting, a lot of singing, a lot of pounding on the seats. Um, you know, we're already completely sold out of pretty much almost every seat in the stadium for tomorrow night. I mean, it's a great bill. You've got, uh, you know, you've got Del Pacho playing his uh, first-round match, but then before that, you've got Giacomo at six. So it is going to be a ballistic evening. He definitely does bring something special. That's going to be a heck of a night. Goodness. Um, now, with Delray Beach uh, being one of the only ATP tournaments, uh, one of ten ATP tournaments left in the U.S., uh, what does the tournament try to do to assist the young crop American par- players on the rise, such as Francis or Taylor Fritz or Riley Opeka? It's interesting. That's a great question because uh, besides the, the big ATP event that we have here, we also do about eight or nine national and international junior events. So Taylor Fritz and uh, Jack Sock and uh, you know McDonald and all these guys who are playing on the tour now have come up through our junior events, our USA national events. So we've seen these guys in the 12s, the 14s, 16s, 18s, the, uh, our, pre- our, our qualifying tournaments, our pre-qualifying tournaments. And now you're seeing them you know, play main draw, you know, at the same venue that they played all these junior matches in. So it's interesting because uh, we actually have been able to provide almost like the full life cycle of a tennis player from the 12s, 14s, and up through qualifying through the ATP Tour, and then even now with the Champions Tour players, you know, carrying on and into uh, playing, uh, you know, their post-competitive you know, days on the Champions Tour. So it's, uh, you know, we cover the full spectrum of life uh, for tennis players. They can play here for an eternity, <laughs> really. It's definitely a lifetime sport. Uh, one more thing. For the two tennis enthusiasts who cannot make it to Delray this year, uh, we, so far we do know what they're missing, but how else can they catch this year's action from where they are? Um, we have a very, very robust uh, social media platform. It's one of uh, the top events on the entire tour as far as uh, the effectiveness of communicating, fun stuff, ticket sales, player videos, all sorts of information. But, you know, you tune into our Facebook page, our Instagram page, or you tune into our live scores on our website, yellowtennisball.com, or, you know, just even scroll through that and you'll see, you know, everything that's going to share the story if you can't be here. Uh, yes. Uh, you heard it from John. 
Definitely check out the social media page, and um, we'll definitely check out the Delray Beach Open all the way up until February 24th. Uh, John, thanks again. Thank you for your time. I know you're busy. So I know you Excellent. Got yeah, no, no. Trying to take a break and, uh, and uh, spread the news. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. All right. Have a great day, John. Also during this season of Casual Sets, the podcast will focus on players on the rise in the NCAA, ATP, WTA, and ITF circuits. As the last day of qualifying rounds at Delray came to an end, I was able to sit down with Darian King, who has been playing professionally for a little while now, but is just now consistently making the main draw of some of today's biggest events. All right, so congrats on making the main draw, and uh, congrats on the win today. Thank you. So um, for, for listeners that don't know who you are, you are from Barbados. Yes, um, Yeah, so a career high ranking of a 106, currently a 164. So uh, just tell us how you got into tennis and how has your journey been? Uh, for me, it's been I've been playing professionally for six, seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it started from from school days. Um, I was luckily um, volunteered to participate for my school, and from then on, I guess that's where it, it began. Um, I started winning a couple of ITFs. I was ranked number 47 in the world in ITFs, and gradually, right after ITF, I turned pro. And, wasn't, it was a very tough decision because mm-hmm. I had options of going to college, meaning to UCLA and those kind of schools, but unfortunately it didn't happen like that. But, I mean, obviously my mindset was upon the pro circuit, even from juniors, and I'm really happy that I made this, this decision. Um, for me, as you said, my current ranking was, my current my high ranking was, you said 106, yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean... Obviously, it's not easy to, to get up there, oh, yeah. so I'm really happy with my achievements, and obviously from this tournament, it shows that I'm still playing some good tennis. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, uh, this season on casual sets, we're actually focusing on players currently on rise on the ATP and WTA tours. Now, although you're 26 now, and if you actually, the ATP actually has you listed on tour for, being on tour for nine years. Nine years, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, we're just now consistently seeing you in some of these main draw events. Um, so would you say that the grind is different from like the Challenger and Future Circuit versus the uh, ATP World Tour? Um, definitely. I think the Future Store and, and the Challenger is, is very tough, obviously. Mm-hmm. is I guess it's a stepping stone for, for these kind of events, these ATP events. Um, I went through the full circuit, especially in the Futures. Um, it was never easy, of course playing against guys that are hungry to get up here so I'm really happy that I went through that I've, I've passed that milestone to be here now to participate against the big the big guys in the world now yeah yeah so um uh for another little key thing for listeners is that uh you became the first player from Barbados to play in an ATP match when qualifying for the city open in 2015 in DC uh you also became the first player from Barbados to win an ATP tour match in 2017 at the Memphis Open do you ever feel like there's a different sense of confidence or pride uh versus other players since you are one of the top players from uh, there definitely especially coming all the way from Barbados um where tennis is not as a big a sport um, I guess it's an honor to be out here representing my country, especially throughout the whole Caribbean, and mm-hmm. to achieve these kind of achievements. So, right. obviously, it's pride. I'm yes, yeah. definitely looking forward, um, obviously, for more. But I mean, I'm really happy for what I've done for the sport, for the Caribbean, and for all the listeners that mm-hmm. obviously coming from the Caribbean stuff. I mean, I'm really happy to be still standing here, participating, participating against these, these big guys. 
Um, so you've already qualified for Delphi, Delray clear today. Um, what are some of your ranking goals for the year, or how many tournaments do you looking at, are you looking at playing? Um, for me, uh, set a goal, uh, trying to get back close to the top hundred, okay. even make breaking through to the top hundred. Um, I was close um, last time, but unfortunately, I lost a couple of tough matches, um, mm -hmm. especially on the clay. Not my favorite surface, but mm -hmm. you know, having match points to break into the top hundred and stuff. So as you know, it's never easy, but I mean. It's still my, my goal, my mindset. I'm, I'm going to push very hard towards it. And it's, a new, it's the beginning of the new year, so hopefully I can achieve these goals and keep working hard and trying to qualify for these big events because this is where it's at. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so when we met earlier today, uh, right after your match, I saw you hanging in the gym where Nick Kyrgios, <laughs> some of the players were playing ball. Uh, so when Darian King is not on the tennis court, what can we find him doing? Uh, me, uh... <laughs> Just being around a lot of friends, um, mm -hmm. as you say, I'm great friends with, with Tiafo, Francis mm -hmm. Tiafo, and those guys, Michael Moore, and those guys. Mm -hmm. So I like to be hang around them, um, talk a lot of crap. Uh, just, I mean, go out, sightsee. Uh, like to play a lot of video games. Mm -hmm. I'm a soccer player, soccer fan. So really look forward to that kind of stuff. Just stuff that really interests me around the court too. And because I think what makes you happy off court is is can make you happy on court. So. Of course, I think it's really important. So mm -hmm. I just try to laugh and giggle oh, yeah, at everything. Some fun. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Francis, so you know he's defending champ here. So yeah. uh, you looking to take away a title from? Uh, <laughs> I think that's everyone's goal here. Yeah, Everyone yeah, yeah. came into this to this tournament trying to win some matches mm -hmm. and see how far he could take it. Maybe receiving even a title. But mm -hmm. I guess the goal here is to try to win some matches and yeah. keep pushing forward one match at a time, and you can see where it goes from there. Definitely, definitely. Well, Dan, you get. Play tomorrow afternoon, and I definitely want to say good luck this week, and uh, hope to see you soon. Thanks Thank for your time. Man. That's all for this week's episode of Casual Sets. Please be on the lookout for our next episode where we feature another tournament and another player on the rise. See you at the courts. Peace.